0: Hello, the second tier listeners. Ryan here. Just a quick note before you listen to this episode. Shortly after we finished recording, Alexander Mitrovic signed a new contract at Fulham. Uh, In most of this episode, we assume that he's leaving Fulham. So curse you, Alex, for ruining this episode. But still, we have loads of in-depth analysis about Fulham, Cardiff and Huddersfield. And if you are a Fulham fan who... Is upset that we ever doubted Alexander Mitrovic's loyalty to Fulham. You can tweet us at the Second Tier Pod on Twitter. Well, enjoy listening to this episode. Buongiorno and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and today I'm joined by the Dennis Adoy to my Tim Ream. It's Justin Peach.
1: Good afternoon. You didn't look very pleased when I said that. They're an uninspiring partnership, I think.
0: (laughs) They concede a lot of goals. You're more annoyed about me calling you Dennis Adoy than Tim Ream.
1: I'd rather be Tim Ream, but you've got the ginger beard, so...
0: (laughs) Well, uh, we are today talking about the relegated teams. That's why I mentioned the nice Fulham defensive duo there. Also, we have tried to make some efforts to improve the sound quality in our podcast. (laughs) We currently have a quilt above our heads and a A mattress mattress (laughs) resting up against the microphone. So hopefully it will sound a bit better. And uh, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. (laughs) Or, or, of course, always give us your feedback on Twitter and uh, we'll continue to make amends <laughs> uh, anyway uh, before we talk about the relegated teams it's been another eventful week mm-hmm. in the championship as per really because i don't think i've ever seen a championship summer where it's just been as eventful as it's it. been it's been constant hasn't it it's just been non-stop yeah yeah going around and one of the biggest stories of the summer has finally wrapped up we don't have to talk about it anymore and that yeah. makes me very happy. Yeah. Philip Koku has been appointed as the Derby County mm-hmm. manager. We spoke about it last week. Yeah. And when we spoke about it, it was kind of gossip at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't really expecting it to actually come to fruition. But here we are. And former nice, Barcelona I mean. and PS3 manager, former Barcelona player, I should say, mm-hmm. and PS3 manager. Philip Koku is now Derby manager. What's yeah. your reaction?
1: Um, initial thoughts are great addition to the club. Weird way of saying it. Um, great appointment. Um, just because he's got pedigrees, he's, he's won trophies. Um, of course, it comes with a caveat because the De Visi is a fairly one-sided league. But then again, if you win a league, you win a league. You've got to be good at something. So it's he's got, he's got tra- a good track record of developing young players. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good appointment for Derby. Yeah, I tweeted earlier this week that... Um... Derby have pretty much come out of this
0: with £4 million for Lampard Mm -hmm. and replaced him with a manager who's got Champions League experience so it looks like a good move he's definitely more qualified isn't he I I think so yeah he uh, obviously had a bit of a torrid time at Fenerbahce after leaving PSV where he was in charge for a number of seasons won the Eredivisie a few times but the Fenerbahce thing is the only real mark against his name so far isn't it
1: I think the Fenerbahce job comes with a it came with a bit of a uh, I dunno, a disclaimer. Just because they had to sell I think they had to sell a lot of players that yeah. summer to comply with FFP. And as well as that there's quite a lot of politics. I know Koko couldn't take his assistance with him, um, to Fenerbahce as well, so that's gonna have an impact. And I think as we've seen, I think Darby were linked with Skirtle. It's an age. It was an aging squad as well, so not necessarily the best, um, best place to go. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, he comes into a team where there's a, a bit of work to be done. But talking about the style, he plays a similar style to Lampard. Mm-hmm. He's very solid defensively. He didn't concede many goals yeah. when he was at PSV. Uh, he said in an interview this week he wants to play four-three-three, which is what we. Already pretty much play at Pride Park, Uh, possession, attacking football. Mm -hmm. Looks like a good move, doesn't
1: it? Really. Yeah, you say about the defensive record, but then a lot of managers come in with a good defensive record to Derby, and it doesn't go. It all goes down the toilet. Yeah, looking at Nigel Pearson didn't go well for him, (laughs) and Gary Rowett as well. Still conceded a lot of goals under Gary Rowett. Um, But yeah, as I say, it's it's a good appointment, Um, good pedigree of a manager, and. I think Derby fans have got a lot to look forward to over the next
0: Exciting times at Pride Park. Let's move on to the other big bit of news, and then we'll get on to the relegated teams. This news just came completely out of the blue. Pontus Janssen is leaving Leeds from the looks of it, and it also looks like he's going to Brentford.
1: This came completely out of nowhere, didn't it? It did not expect it. When I saw it, I thought, "Ah, it's just newspaper talk, but it seems to have gathered a bit of traction. Um... I can only say it's a great move for Brentford. Um he's he's a he's a very good defender at this level. Um very good, probably one of the best in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um I think Brentford I, I know a lot of Leeds fans were saying, you know, Brentford are a smaller club, why would drop down? But Brentford are a club very much on the up. They've yeah. a lot of money to spend. So I don't think it's a um a drop as such. I know Leeds are a huge club in championship, but Brentford, have, as I say, they're on the up so
0: yeah, and £5.5 and million pounds is what he's apparently going for. It's mm. it's a bargain, really, isn't it? When
1: you look at uh, Lloyd Kelly, I know Lloyd Kelly's got years on him. Yeah. Um But in terms of a defensive player, Jansen's very much worth at least £10 million. And he's only 28 yeah. as well. So he's still got... He's very much in his prime, isn't he? Yeah, so,
0: he's got a good few years in yeah. front of him as well. It, this all seems to have come about because <clears throat> the relationship between... Janssen and the club just seems to have completely broken down. Phil mm-hmm. Hay, the yeah. legendary Leeds yeah, yeah, reporter, yeah. Um, seems to think that the club just don't want his attitude around the around the players anymore.
1: I guess uh, he's he's definitely got history. He's he, he is a passionate player, but it comes it it comes with a, a bit of a dick sometimes, pretty like much
0: during the Villa Leeds melee last season yeah. and he tried to stop a well, yeah, scoring there's,
1: there's that isn't he, you know, he sort of disregarded his manager's um <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, instructions. Um so yeah, it doesn't it, he's a good player but he's obviously got a bit of a I don't know, not an attitude I'd say but thinks he's big time Charlie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it leaves Brentford in a very good position, doesn't Absolutely, it? And yeah, I yeah. think at the moment they look like real promotion contenders, don't they? Well, we,
1: we say it every season, um, don't we, that Brentford, they've yeah. got to go up, they've got to go yeah. up, um, and they probably will be very much very high on our list when we come when we get around to doing it, but yeah, signing like that, a centre-half of his quality, perhaps it's what Brentford needs, because as I say, you know, they concede a lot of goals as well, they score a lot, but they concede a lot, so bringing him in would definitely settle that down, I think. Yeah. And they've also brought in Pinnock and
0: Raya as well. <sighs> It's looking like quite a team. And, yeah. of course, that front three, we already know loads about. Yeah, if they're still absolutely. intact by mm-hmm. uh, the start of the season, then it's going to be very interesting. But let's talk about the relegated teams now. This is what everyone has come here for. Let me throw some stats at you, Glad Justin. Me. So over the last three seasons, only two out of those nine teams have made the playoffs. Yep. Only one has been promoted straight away. Yep. Three have finished in the bottom half. And one has been relegated. Mm-hmm. So the promoted team was Newcastle, yeah. which really is kind of an anomaly. Anomaly? Anomaly? Anomaly. Anomaly, which is because they're such a big club and they had loads of money. They had yeah, big yeah, players yeah. when they came down. So really, even if we ignore that, it's it's a very tough task to get promoted, isn't it?
1: Well, I think we all know how difficult the champion, uh, the championship is. And obviously teams that come down... It's 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 hard to strike a balance with. Do you keep your core of players in there, or do you get rid of them and start fresh? Yeah. Quite a lot tend to. You forget those those that keep the core of balance, and it just ends up going into sort of mid-table um, obscurity, or they completely overhaul the squad and are left in the nothing. They're going to struggle, basically.
0: Yeah, And I think nowadays as well, because the wages in the Premier Mm. League are so high and you need to really get your wallet out if you want some big-name players to keep you in the Premier League, then when you come down and you're stuck with these players on the Mm. wage bill, it leaves clubs with their hands tied behind the back of it. And as I just mentioned, even if you ignore Newcastle, only two out of nine teams, two out of eight teams then, have finished in the playoffs over the last three seasons. It's... Weird, didn't it? Because this didn't used to be the case. Used to be the case that the teams who
1: got relegated were the favourites to go back up. Yeah, but as you say, you mentioned the Premier League money. That obviously has a direct influence on it because there are people on big contracts that come down that just don't want to play at the club uh, that they've come down with. Yeah. So they they want they yearn for uh, yearn for a move elsewhere. Yeah. And it you know doesn't really settle the squad ready to go again and I think we're going to find out that's the case at a
0: few of the teams we're going to mention in a sec. Let's start with Cardiff. Mm -hmm. Uh, One question I wanted to ask you before uh, we move on to every team was do you think, because they all went up relatively recently, do you think they're in a stronger position now than
1: when they went up? Um, You'd say that just based on their squad. yeah. Just because no one expects them to go up before. And they've got a much stronger squad made up of some really really good championship players um, so yeah I definitely agree with that
0: yeah uh, I mean any Warnock team with a relatively strong squad is always going to be a promotion definitely. contender aren't they because Neil Warnock just knows this division so well doesn't yep,
1: he he knows the league he knows how to get the best out of players that aren't necessarily fancied elsewhere um, so it's really a match made in heaven yeah. I think at Cardiff so
0: well they scored just as many goals as Fulham last season and conceded uh, fewer goals than uh, a Any of the other relegated teams, Mm -hmm. Uh, he actually conceded fewer goals last season than Bournemouth. So really, I'd say the three teams who did get relegated deserve to be relegated. Mm -hmm. Fulham and Huddersfield definitely deserve to get relegated. Mm -hmm. Cardiff not as much.
1: They competed for. uh, I I honestly expected Cardiff to struggle more than they did, just because the squad that they had they didn't really add any real quality to it in terms of. You know, top Premier League players. Obviously, they're hard to get. But Fulham, obviously, spent a lot of money. But they brought in some quality, like quality players that were fancied. You know, to to do a I lot. Mean, better I disagree than they with that. They
0: they brought in some quality players, but at the same time, not so quality players.
1: Yeah, they they got the recruitment all wrong. But Cardiff got it pretty much spot on. They spent within their means. They bought players. They know they can get the okay, best out yeah. of for a few years. Um, so you're saying they they brought in. A few players, mm-hmm.
0: and some of them worked, some didn't, but they didn't go crazy like Fulham did. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's um, focus on the attack uh, first mm-hmm. of all. So uh, last season, the top scorers were Bobby Reed mm-hmm. and Victor Camarasa with mm-hmm. five goals. Camarasa's not there anymore yeah. and he was a centre mid anyway yeah. so you shouldn't really be relying on his goals. Bobby Reid was one of those players who was brought in mm-hmm. and I didn't think it was a very good move. He was the top
1: scorer but I'm surprised he got five to be honest. Um, I do like Bobby Reid. Seeing him in the Championship a couple seasons ago at Bristol City. hit 19 that season in a Bristol City team that finished. But before that he hardly he struggled scoring goals before, didn't he? Yeah, but sometimes it just works. If you get played in the right system at the right time, you just start to kick on and and even so even you say you know he only scored five goals which you're surprised about, but then again that Cardiff attack at times was, was quite blunt. Yeah. Um so he, I wouldn't say he was feeding off scraps, but they're playing a much more defensive so, um style of play yeah. than they would be in the championship next season. So I think he'd be very much queued up to score a lot more goals.
0: Well, Bobby Reid is obviously the man that they'll probably look to this season up front. Mm-hmm. They have got quite a few strikers in their squad, actually. They've got Kenneth Zahour, Gary Medine, Danny Ward. So they've got plenty of options. But I look at that team and think they could probably do with another striker. How? <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't think they will probably get one. But none of those look to me like they're going to get <clears throat> over 20 goals next season.
1: Um. Perhaps, that might come back to bat per- me on the arse. Per- but... perhaps, perhaps they don't, but Neil Warnock, as as we've said, he knows the Championship really well. He's got promoted from it a lot of times. And I, was t- I was telling you before um, before recording that, back when he got promoted with Sheffield United, he had up to eight strikers on the books. That's a lot of strikers. Um, so we know he likes stockpiling strikers. And obviously that season they went up. Their top scorer was Neil Shipley with 12 goals. Neil Shipley. Neil Shipley yep, absolute <laughs> legend. Absolute <laughs> legend. Well... Um, so I very much expect the same, in the sense that everyone's going to pitch in, and we're forgetting that Callum Patterson played up top yeah. last season. So he he makes Cardiff's forward line look a bit more, I'd, I'd say, appealing. And he got ten goals in the Championship um, when they got relegated, and I think most of those were from right back or right wing back or right mid. He's very versatile, isn't he? Yeah, big, big fan of he, Callum Patterson. I think he's gonna he's gonna squeeze goals out of everywhere on the pitch next season. Speaking of goals, apart from Camarasso, obviously, who's now left, Mm -hmm.
0: they struggled really for much help from other positions on the pitch. One player who I look at in this Cardiff squad who I think this is their time to step up now is the Murphy twin. I can't remember which one it is. Josh Murphy. Josh Murphy. Murphy I I always get him confused. The Murphy twin. The Murphy twin. But the Murphy twins for years now, they've been tipped for big things. Mm-hmm. And it's about time they actually started achieving these big Absolutely. things.
1: So, would you say that this is Josh Murphy's time to step up? Definitely. Seeing him in some of the games last season, he, he was very much a bright spark in the Cardiff forward forward line. Um, again, he scored a lot of goals for Norwich this season. He got you know, the season the season before he got his big move to Cardiff. Um, but as you say, you know they've got to start being consistent. But you know, when you've got Junior Hoyler and Josh Murphy on either, either flank, they're, they're going to create a lot of chances for the one of seven strikers that they've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just going back to Camarassa, though,
0: they've obviously brought in uh, Will Volks, who we've already spoken about previously. Yeah. Would you see him as a direct replacement for Camarassa?
1: I see him more of a replacement for Gunnison.
0: Okay. Ball winning midfielder, box to box. But he can't score goals. You don't as think Gunnison's going to play much next season, though? He's left. Has he? Yeah. Fair enough, then. He's not going to play much (laughs) next season. (laughs) Yeah, he's gone. I didn't actually know that. It went under the radar. That has really gone under the radar. Fair enough, then. (laughs) Well, then. Let's move on to the defence. It's pretty much the same Mm -hmm. as the season that they went up. Really, isn't it? With a splash of Cunningham. With a splash of Cunningham. Yeah, Craig Cunningham. It's not really changed at all over the past couple of seasons. They've obviously got Bamber and Morrison, Mm -hmm. which... He's a very good defensive duo really in the championship. Yeah,
1: they've also got manga as well. The only thing with Bamber is obviously it was it was quality the season they went up. Yeah. And he's a very good defender, but it's a pretty significant injury to come back from at his age. Yeah. Um I think it was a torn ACL. Um so whether or not he can pick up where he left off. Because even last season, Cardiff looked more assured with him in the back line, um, than without and obviously for Morrison, you know, he's he's I wouldn't say he's key to Morrison playing well, but it complimented Morrison quite quite a lot. Mm. Well, going
0: back to the season that they actually went up promoted, mm-hmm. they conceded. They were in the set. They went up the same season as Wolves, yeah, and conceded as many goals as Wolves—thirty-nine in forty-six. Which is really that is ridiculous. Yeah. So, if they manage to replicate that this season, yeah.
1: it's hard to see them staying out of the promotion picture, isn't it? Really, if they can keep Etheridge which will be good because as as I think we touched on Smithers last week he's got a mistake in him so Etheridge is a a really good goalkeeper and I'm not surprised to see him link with Premier League teams but if they can keep him then I'd pretty much put him in the same ballpark as when they went up before yeah well that was one of the things I was going to bring up next Uh, Etheridge Mm -hmm. is being linked
0: with a move away they have brought in Joe Day from Newport so if Etheridge were to go who would you see as the starting keeper and Hmm. Do you think they're good enough?
1: Um, I don't think any of them are near Etheridge's quality. Of course. Um, Otherwise, they'd be linked with a move to the family. Obviously, <laughs> you'd, you'd expect Smithies to step in just because he's the well. Obviously, he's, he's the understudy to Etheridge at the moment. Whether Joe Day was brought in to be a replacement for Etheridge or to be the understudy for Smithies when Etheridge may go, who knows? Um, but I don't think either of them are near enough Etheridge's quality, but I definitely see Smithers being the man to step up. Okay. And they've also brought in Curtis Nelson, let's not forget. We mm-hmm. talked,
0: about, talked about it a bit last week, but I presume that's just going to be back up, isn't it? Um,
1: I think he's, I wouldn't say he's really, high, really highly rated, but he's a good defender at League One level, so I expect him to step up, especially in a new Warnock team where they just kick it forward and head it etc very straightforward football is what i'm trying to get at (laughs) nothing over complicated i think you make it sound
0: very simple let's kick it forward and head it (laughs) Uh, so let's sum up on cardiff then Uh, what do you first of all what do you think they need
1: um it's it's hard to say i think a creative source in the middle um middle of the park to replace camera camera yeah um Obviously they've got Volks in Volks in Volks in there, who I said is a good replacement for Gunnison. Maybe they lack the creative spark in the middle. They've still got Joe Rolls, obviously. Um, but perhaps they're lacking in that area, but as we as we know, Cardiff pretty much said it's sell to buy now. So whether or not they bring any more in, you know. But the team is looking quite good, isn't it, on paper? On paper it's a really good championship team and It's pretty much the same team as last season. Yeah. And the season before, which yeah. is I think is key to um bouncing back, although saying that it's the average age the average age of the squad is twenty eight which is in championship teams, it's quite old it's experienced though it is experienced, but
0: it's also quite old <laughs> so where do you think they'll finish what are you talking promotion <laughs> playoffs, top half
1: with the quality they've got, I see him competing at least for the top six next season, especially what? under Warnock. But as I say, the average age aspect is, it that comes as a as a I think a worry, a bit of a disclaimer, just because if they go up or next season, it's not looking as rosy. I think so. I think they do need to go up this season to play around with their squad a bit more. I think.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. Let's move on to Fulham then. Mm-hmm. Christ Almighty, where do we start? Do you think they're stronger or weaker than when they went up?
1: It's worth saying the amount of money they spent. I've definitely say the weaker I think that's a given I, I I was
0: in bed the other night thinking about this yeah. and this Fulham team
1: they have got some real gaps to fill uh, yeah. and I don't think they can afford to fill them they spent so much money last season to no avail and those players that they bought don't necessarily have a big resale either because of how poorly they played so no one's going to go oh, I love you they're not being picked apart like some relegated teams do which is a big worry.
0: Yeah, well it's hard to pinpoint who's going to play next season mm-hmm. especially because as you just mentioned you don't know who is actually yeah. going to want to play in the championship next season. I always thought West Fulham would be a West Brom version too, mm-hmm. because of you know they've got an ex- inexperienced manager mm-hmm. who's had, having his first real full season in charge yeah. of a club. They've got quite a few big names they're not great defensively but they're good going forward (laughs) but I think Fulham would definitely take being West Brom version two
1: right now because they look much poorer than West Brom did. I think they'd snap their hands off for that and as well as as that they might lose Mitrovic which I'm surprised no one's bid for him yet because as we've seen last season he's very much capable of holding his own because that Fulham team yeah, it looked desperate at times going forward. Um, given well, how good they were attacking-wise the season before, they looked really poor last season going forward.
0: We'll get onto that in a sec, because yeah. I am I think everyone's quite aware of just how crap Fulham were defensively last season. Yeah, They nearly conceded a record amount of goals, yes. which is saying something, considering Derby yeah. County were in the Premier League. Yeah, that, that defence was, was awful. Yeah. Well, actually... We say the defence is terrible and they conceded all these goals, but when you look at it, the defence isn't too bad on paper in yeah. places. When you look at Alfie Mawson and Joe Brighton, for example, mm-hmm. they're good options mm-hmm. at the championship level, but after that you are struggling a bit.
1: Well, they've obviously still got Tim Ream and Dennis Odoy who were the two centre-halves, as we touched on at the very start of the pod, the season they went up. Um saying that I wouldn't say they were suspect the season they went up but their f- the, the, the quality of their football very much I wouldn't say papered over cracks it was quite harsh but that shadowed a lot of the poor defensive play that they had throughout the season they conceded a fair amount of goals um, and they finished where they finished because because of that obviously behind Cardiff um, so yeah as I say like I don't think Mawson and Bryan improved that defence too much Okay. Well they have got Adori Reem and La who
0: we think will partner. One of them is gonna partner Mawson
1: mm-hmm. next season, you'd have thought if they have it. It it might sound harsh, but I think the, the Detroit's out on Morrison as well, just because the teams the two teams that I that he's played in. I know he didn't play too too often last season, but they've been relegated. Yeah. Doesn't it's not a good it's not good on your C V, especially as a defender. He was so highly rated though in last summer mm-hmm. he was being
0: linked with everyone when he he was obviously in that Swansea defence, yeah. and he was the standout performer. And it's so easy to forget that now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, he's a, he's a very good ball playing defender, and he suits Fulham down to their core in terms of their principles, footballing principles. But he needs he needs a defender alongside him that is on his on the same wavelength. So let's say if he makes a mistake, that defender's is going to cover him. He doesn't. I don't think he has that with Tim Ream or Dennis Adoye. So as I say, they they need they need to improve. And then at right back, I imagine it'll be Cyrus Christie. Knowing Cyrus Christie very well, very good going forward, but he can't defend, and that's putting it very simply. I'm not really sure he's very good going forward either. There were
0: plenty of times last season when I watched Fulham and the amount of times he spooned a cross into (laughs) Rose's All right, he's better going forward than he is defending, so... (laughs) Okay, and and that's saying something. And then just to finally wrap up this absolute turd fire that is Fulham's defence mm-hmm. the goalkeeper situation
1: Sergio oh. Rico
0: was the main choice last season yeah. but he was fairly appalling and then you've also got Bettinelli and Fabri who I thought were decent keepers
1: but a they bet- hardly got f- a chance yeah. Betanelli didn't get a chance which I thought was really harsh because a lot of Fulham's troubles last season was brought down to the, how they recruited so it was very much I think it was, most of it was done on data, which is a lot of, which is how a lot of teams recruit now. Granted, but they do it smartly. They know the player before they sign it. It feels like Fulham just went, "We'll have you, we'll have you, we'll have you." You've got these yeah. stats without knowing how they're going to fit in the squad. Saying that, that that is as good as example um, in the goalkeeping department as it will be because of how poor Rico and Fabri... Well, i say Fabri didn't really get a chance, but I think he made a mistake in his first game. He didn't get a chance after that. Yeah, he played He played about three games, I think. Yeah, but so. Bettinelli was the ready-made player, I think, and it was quite harsh to not play him throughout the season. He got called up to the England squad, uh, albeit as a fourth-choice keeper, but that's how highly um, Gareth Southgate rates him. Yeah, so,
0: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bettinelli was the main choice next season, just because Scott Parker will look at it and think well, let's just have the same team that we went up with.
1: Yeah, you, they've got to strip it right back. And I think L is the the safe option very much in that yeah. goalkeeping team, uh, department. And then pray to God that
0: someone comes in for the yeah. other two keepers. Uh, let's move on to the attack then. The attack wasn't much of an issue last season, but now it is. It's arguably a bigger problem for them now than defence, which is saying something. Yeah. Well, in my personal opinion, anyway.
1: They they brought in Mitrovic in the championship season. Um, he scored twelve goals in that run to the playoff final, which is an out, it's outstanding for a a big guy playing up front on his own. Um, uh, coming in in January as well doesn't normally happen. Um, that just highlighted how good he was in the championship. He was still good last season in the Premier League. A bit I know he missed a couple of chances that. Still got double figures, that, though, did he? But he's still he? got double figures, again, which speaks volumes in terms of how good he is in yeah. that Fulham team. To do that in a relegated team. It's impressive, really, is uh, Yeah, absolutely. But so, I, I don't even know who they're going to play out wide.
0: Well, we'll get on to that in a sec. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring up that I watched uh, Fulham beat <clears throat> Chelsea from last season. It was mm. on TV randomly. Yeah. And um, I was just watching to see how they were playing and. Yeah. Callum Chambers was their main attacking threat. Well, he got player of the season. I mean, probably fairly as well, because Callum Chambers was the standout player, but the fact that he's their main attacking threat.
1: six-foot-three centre-back turning center mid was (laughs) their main attacking threat. You've got a problem. But he's obviously not there, and he's also a defender, which, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: as you said, uh, Mitrovic has been linked with a move away. I think Vel Betis have been the favourites for quite a while to get him, but at the moment, it doesn't look like... Any actual solid interest has come in yet. But I'd still be surprised if he is there next season. I mean, if he is, then Christ, he'll be good. But if he does go, then who the hell is going to play up front?
1: Uh, It's a great question. I don't know who played up front before Mitrovic.
0: Well, you've got Abubakar Kamara and Rory Fonte, who are in the squad list at the moment. Uh, Abubakar Kamara... He was a bit of a
1: dick, wasn't he, last season? Yeah,
0: he... I think, according to reports, he got sent on loan because he had a fight with Mitrovic because there was there, drawing, was, it was, there was some Oracle, sort, wasn't it? Yeah, a yoga <laughs> class, and apparently Kamara was being disrespectful to the teacher. Mitrovic told him, "Stop being a dick," <laughs> and
1: yeah. they just got in a little scrap. But he, he he demanded he take that penalty that he missed as well. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so to see him coming back into the team might be a bit of a. A tough one. And he also had
0: the number 47 on his back. Do you know why he had the number 47? His initials were AK. Yeah. He seems, <laughs> therefore, he seems a nice guy. Therefore, he is a bit of a tit. Uh, Rui Fonte was also sent on loan last season. He did play a bit when they went up, but not much. He was. It was kind of Kamara and Fonte were rotated out wide.
1: This was before they really started to pick up form, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So I think that sort of tells you maybe, not necessarily their quality, but... I don't know that yeah that quality
0: yeah and they've clearly just been frozen out mm-hmm. but they might have to turn to Kamara and Fonte next season because we'll talk about out who's going to play out wide now yeah they haven't got a left winger at the moment apart from Sessegnon who also looks like he's off yeah one of Kamara or Fonte will have to play out wide mm-hmm. and then one of them is going to have to play up front
1: yeah the, 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 there is Floyd that's about Ita it
0: as well, <laughs> yeah Oh, Florida, I forgot about Florida ETA, but still that's a very threadbare mm-hmm. attacking line, isn't it?
1: Well what I was saying at the start is you either completely overhaul your squad or you stick to your principles. What we've seen or well, stick to your core squad from the season before when you get relegated, what we've seen is with Cardiff are very much doing that, albeit a couple of tweaks. Fulham need a complete overhaul. I'm not saying get rid of everybody, but there's probably 70 percent of that squad that might need moving on and it, well, no one's come in for him yet. Well, a lot a, a lot weird. of them has moved on. When, yeah. when you talk about the
0: attacking line, I think you had Sherlock, Vieto and Barbel, who are the All on line, main right? players. Barbel was on a six-month contract. Mm-hmm. He's gone. They brought in Markovic. He's gone. Schürrle and Vieto are both on loan. They've gone. Yeah. So <laughs> now you're left with Kamara, Fonte, Iite, Mitrovic and Sessignon. It's... Two of them are almost certainly going and you're left with them, the others, the people who last season
1: you were making get dressed in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I think the only sort of pick-up about this Fulham squad at the moment is the fact that they've still got Kearney, Johansson and Macdonald. Yeah, Yeah. Well, that, that, that was the next point I was going to talk yeah. about. That's that, it. Oh, go on. Yeah, the, the midfield is actually looking
0: relatively solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've... They brought in Anguisa and Serri last summer. They need to go. They're going to go. They're not going to play, are they? So they have got a, a midfielder of Tom Kearney, mm-hmm. Stefan Johansson, pretty much what they went up with. Yep. And it also looks like they might be getting Harry Arter, which yeah. decent midfield trio, that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and obviously I said that they've still got McDonald as well, who is a very good holding midfielder in that Fulham team. Um, one point I'll make about Kearney is... He only made 28 appearances last season. Had he made more, that he might have made. It might have been a big difference because I know Ranieri it didn't, it didn't freeze him out, but he didn't. He wasn't playing him in his team, which was just absurd. Given yeah. Kane's quality on the ball, you know, But saying that, he only made 34 appearances the season. They went up, and he was carrying a lot of injuries. If he could stay fit, which is the obvious, then that's going to be the difference for Fulham, I think. But I think a, that I think
0: a lot of Fulham's last si- Fulham fans last season were annoyed that Kearney didn't play as much as he did, or as they were expecting him to.
1: Well, when your best players frozen on the bench, you are going to get frustrated, aren't you? Especially when your team just <laughs> aren't doing anything going forward. So, as I say, he, uh, he's integral to um, Fulham, Fulham playing being competitive next season. Yeah. Well, let's sum it up then.
0: I think we've pretty much covered most of it. But what do Fulham need? <laughs> A lot.
1: Right wing, <laughs> left wing. Striker. Centre-back. Right-back. Right-back. Maybe. A holding A midfielder. midfielder. But they need seven or eight more players, I think. And we
0: don't know what whether they can afford to bring these players in. Tony Corner has said he wants to keep Mitrovic, which yeah, surely, you'd look at their financial situation and say, we could get 20 £25 million for this guy. Mm-hmm. Let's sell him. He's up the financial situation, yeah. bring in a few other players. They're obviously confident they can go straight back up, but they've done this before. Has he seen the squads? Yeah. They, Has he been
1: to training? Back, Where yeah, are all these players? Where's Barbo? Yeah, back when Felix Magat was the manager, they just filled the squad with youngsters, good youngsters, and that's probably why a lot of them got chances of talking about Corley Woodrow and on coming in um, after that. Um, but they need to do a lot more than they did that season because if I remember rightly they could, they were dicing with relegation for a couple of seasons after that before Jukanovic came in so to avoid that again they need to offload some players and bring, bring some more they definitely need to offload players but as you've already touched upon I don't think
0: anyone's going to touch him with a barge pole absolutely not uh, so in summary then where do you th- see this Fulham side finishing outside the top six definitely oh, I'd go bottom half at the moment
1: I think very much similar to how Stoke will, Stoke will be I think yeah um, well, we were, were talking season. at the start
0: three teams out of the last three seasons who have been relegated have finished in the bottom half
1: I would not be surprised
0: if Fulham did yeah. that
1: last season uh, I, I completely agree I just uh, apart from their midfield there's just nothing in that squad that's making me go you'll, cool. you'll do alright this season yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I was talking
0: to a few football fans before we recorded this and everyone seems to think Fulham will be alright next season but... They won't go down. They won't go down. Will, will
1: they? Uh, Wolves we went down that season. So did Sunderland. Mm. I mean if they lose,
0: Mitrovic, Sassignon? No. A, no. No? <laughs> put, a, put a bet on it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on finally then to <laughs> Huddersfield yeah. who I think everyone is kind of looking at and thinking, nah, they're not going to do anything next season. But mm-hmm. we were a bit positive about them a few weeks ago because they have kept hold of a few players. But we'll touch on that in a sec. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're stronger or weaker than when they went up?
1: Or more or less got the same team, albeit four or five different players. Yeah. So I think they're, they're in a fairly similar position. Actually, no, I'll say they're weaker because... I touched on it before in a conversation we had. David Wagner made that team as good as they were because on on paper probably shouldn't have gone up. Mm. They were good players, but none I mean that season they went up. They finished with minus four goal difference. Their top scorer scored twelve in the league. Sorry, minus two goal difference. The top scorer scored twelve in the league, which you know they're only team, team to have their top scorer as twelve goals. Was it own goals? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Um, it, one, it's quite bizarre, but it just sort of highlights how how well they manage games. They won a lot of games, one nil by one goal, pretty much. Yeah. So that whether or not Jan Seaward can get the same out of him that Wagner got out of him remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, well, they went down with without a fight last season. Really, they mm-hmm.
0: uh, they were pretty much the opposite of Fulham in the way that they struggled to score goals because they were only two goals off from a record amount for the fewest goals yeah. scored in a season, hmm. which is By insane. Uh, one thing that we can say is, though, is that they were so crap that they realised, oh, we should probably start preparing for yeah, the championship yeah. early. And they've been doing that since about January, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because they, they suddenly realised, hang on a minute, we're terrible. <laughs> Let's focus on... This transfer window, bringing in players yeah. who will hopefully get us back up next season. One of those signings was Carlin Grant. Yeah. Who we're both big fans yeah, of. We spoke very hard of him. Yeah. He was actually Huddersfield's top scorer last season. I didn't know that. But I'm not surprised. He only started nine games and scored four.
1: His top scorer <laughs> with four. Jeez, that is bad, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> Alright. My God. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, he's only 21 as well, and yeah, he's yeah. got loads of potential. When he was at Charlton, he had loads of potential, and they only got him for a few million. Mm-hmm. It's a really good bit of business from a team who have struggled a bit to really get good bits of business. But
1: I presume you think he could do very well next season. Well, give, what, given that he finished top scorer in a team that <laughs> couldn't score? Well, yes. Have you only started nine games basically? As, as I think it was the West Ham game, I, I think they lost four three in the end. But he looked really sharp in that um, in that game last season. And I think he's—I wouldn't say he's going to be the difference, but his goals—he's going he's gonna to get the very—they're going to get the very best out of Colin Grant next yeah. season if he if he can stay fixed. You now he picked up a couple of injuries last season as well um, at the tail end of the season. If he stays fit, he's going to score a lot of goals. But he was expected as well to make that big jump
0: from League One to the Premier League. That's pretty drastic, yeah. Yeah, and as we say, only 21. So really, it looks like Huddersfield have finally found a striker who's going to score goals, (laughs) (laughs) which is quite important when you're a striker. Uh, Speaking of strikers, they've also signed Josh Karoma Mm -hmm. from Leighton Orient. He's only 20. He scored 11 in 39 games in the National League last season. Not spectacular, but as you say, he's only twenty.
1: Hmm.
0: But I presume he's just going to be
1: a backup to Grant potentially. I don't know. I don't know how similar they are in terms of style of play. He might be a, uh, a Russian Harry sort of, not a Russian Harry, Rush and Harry sort of player. Yeah, Russian Harry, just just unsettled defenders basically. Yeah. I was going to liken him to Conor Salmon, but that would, that's not very nice thing to say. No, that's never a nice thing to say. <laughs> uh, speaking of the midfield then,
0: they were expecting Moy and Billing mm-hmm. both to leave. But there doesn't seem to be much interest in them. Surprising. Which is yeah. interesting because they would be very good at this level. I mean, they were there when Huddersfield got promoted and they were two of the standout players that season and
1: in the Premier League seasons. Yeah. I I'm surprised because like Philip Billings only well he's in his early twenties. Yeah. He'd be a really good signing for any team, I think, in the lower lower side of the Prem. Um Aaron Moy, uh quite a lot older, I'd say, nearly thirty, roughly. I don't know. He, he looks he, looks, he looks, looks like he's nearly forty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but he's still a quality player, especially at this level. Um so actually no you know, If they can keep those two And I think Pritchard in front of them Again a, a very good player At a championship level That sort of Triangle of Attacking Well not attacking midfield, But midfielders They'd serve for Quite well next season You
0: say Pritchard's a very good player At championship level though He's a bit of a weird one really Because He had that amazing season With Brentford mm-hmm. When he played on the left wing And then He moved to Norwich Yeah I think St- He wasn't spectacular. He didn't really pull up any trees. Got the big move to Huddersfield. Didn't really pull up any trees since he's been there either. So he's just a weird player for me, and I'm not sure I'd rely too heavily on him, especially when he is one of the main creative forces in that chat in that team that
1: struggled to score goals over the last few seasons. I suppose. I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. But. Saying that, he's, he's obviously got something about him and he's very good at set pieces, which, as we know, Huddersfield don't score a lot of goals. So maybe set pieces are going to be a, a route in, I think, for a lot of their attacking... Um, attacking ..endeavours.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got Aaron Moy as well, who's also very good at set pieces. They're just rounding up the me- midfield then. They also signed Reese Brown from Forest Green. He's Tidy. 23 for a few hundred thousand. And he is one of the most...
1: Highly rated players in League 2, really. It's not quite happened for him yet, but he's got a good move to Huddersfield, and I think that probably suits him, especially playing with someone like Aaron Moore. He's quite experienced. Um, I think Rhys Brown's 23 now, so it's probably a, the right time for him to, to step up.
0: Yeah, well, it's an interesting move, and, I mean, they've signed Karoma, as we mentioned, and Brown. So they're clearly targeting the lower leagues so far in this transfer window. Mm-hmm. And it could potentially be
1: a bargain, couldn't it, for a few hundred thousand? Definitely, they've they've done some bargain business already, getting Tommy Elphick, who's a very good Championship defender. Yeah, um, we'll get onto the defence oh. now. Only Fulham had a poorer defence than
0: them last season, which wasn't too hard to be fair. They've <laughs> lost uh, Eric Derm and Chris Lover, who were both at left back, but apart from that, it's a pretty similar defence two yep. last season they've mm-hmm. also got Congolo, who's a very good player it's a bit of an average defence
1: but not a terrible defence I wouldn't say it's average just because they've got Schindler in there who was absolutely quality the season they went up and then he, the, the first season they stayed up in the Premier League he was outstanding again um, so he's obviously got something about him um, Tommy Smith as well who's a very good right back uh, again, he's been linked with a move away. I have seen that. Um, again, if they can keep him though, that back four is looking very, very tidy. Maybe a, need a left back, but well, I presume Congolo will play there. Schindler and Elfick, a centre back. I'd say Elfick going to be more of a squad player, a bit like when Mark Hudson was there, just in and out of the team when they need him, just because Tommy Elfick's injury record is not the best. Yeah. And they've also got uh, had a I can never pronounce this guy's name. Hada Genai.
0: He, play, he played at right back last season so they've got they've got loads of defensive options is what i'm saying
1: more defensive options than they got in the attack i guess
0: but. yeah uh, one place where which alarmed me because i didn't realize they were struggling a bit in this uh, position yeah. is goalkeeper jonas oh, yeah. lursel's gone mm-hmm. he has been their number <laughs> one for two seasons. The last two seasons and with him going i presume that means ben hamer's going to be starting in
1: goal uh, doesn't strike me with confidence. No. Um. Obviously, got Joel Coleman, who I think was on loan at Shrewsbury last season. We know Shrewsbury is a good place for goalkeepers to learn the trade. Looking at Dean Hanson, who was there before. Um, is that the only person you're basing that theory? on? Yes. Okay. It's it's solid theory and it works. <laughs> anyway. Um. But yeah, Ben Hamer. Not really too bothered. But he's been a backup keeper since he left Charlton a while ago now. He he did play a few games last season. Not many. He did. A few. But would he have played if Huddersfield were slightly higher up in the league? Doubt it. No. I don't think he'd be playing
0: anywhere really buddy. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how Huddersfield would do with him
1: between the sticks next season,
0: because I presume he's going to play.
1: If they've not brought in anybody else, and I think top keepers are being picked up now in the Championship as we've seen in the last two weeks Bentley and Raya moving on Um, and as well as Adam Davis who I love yeah you do love Adam Davis (laughs) Um, so there's a lot of top keep goalkeepers being picked up at the moment and Huddersfield haven't been linked with any No, which is normally the first sign of needing to not replace but bring players in in certain positions they start getting linked
0: Bring back Doesn't Danny not. Ward, is what I say. Uh well in summary then, let's look at what Huddersfield needs. What would you have on your shopping list if you were Jan Sievert?
1: Possibly a, a couple of wide players in there. They still got Van Lampara on the books. Mm-hmm. Um Sobby's just been loaned out, I think. Um so I think some quality in the wide areas just to help out with the goals, I think. They played um in- three at the back for
0: a number of games last season so I presume they might do that again
1: Oh, they need a couple of steady wing backs then because Chris Love going he was very good at left back and left wing back especially in the season they came up Um I don't know too much about the chap that's going to re- that's in there at the moment Who? he said his name already Kongala Hadajanai. Hadajanai.
0: yeah he, well he played right wing back he was the main right back yeah. last season So it wouldn't surprise me if he carried on playing there. But as you say, Lerva was the left wing-back who uh, played the most last season. And Congolo is more of a Mm centre-back than he is a wing-back. So I can't see him playing there. But it'll be interesting to see. Where do you see Huddersfield finishing?
1: If they're as good defensively as they have been before, I can see them being in and around the top six. Okay depending on how good they are defensively, because they're not going to score two, three, four goals most games.
0: Well, they're relying on Grant a lot, aren't
1: they? They're relying on one player. Um, bearing in mind they've still got Steve Mooney, who I, I, don't, I would expect to be very tidy at Championship level. Would you? Yeah. It was good for me on FIFA. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, given his uh, physicality, um, he's a he's a big target, man. Yeah. And so I, I'd expect him to, to, as I say, be tidy in the championship. Yeah. Um, if they can keep a tight defence, is what he's saying, isn't
0: it? Then yeah. They might be around the top six area then. Okay then. Well, in summary, if you had to rank, I think it might be quite obvious how this is going, but if you had to rank the three teams who have been relegated yeah. from last season what order would you put them in from most hopeful to least hopeful? Do I need to
1: say it? Yes. Cardiff? Okay. Huddersfield? Okay. Surprise, surprise. Fulham? Fulham. Well,
0: uh, I'm not surprised because I think that's the exact order that I'd have him in as well but yeah. I think quite a few listeners will just be listening to this and thinking oh Fulham have got some good players they'll be able to bounce back up next season
1: no no good no. Pl- good players on paper we've said that a lot today yeah good on paper but it doesn't necessarily transpire into performing on the pitch no especially when one of those players is Abubakar Kamara. Right
0: then, I think that sums (laughs) everything up. Uh, Well, this has been the second tier podcast. We have been looking at the relegated teams Mm -hmm. today. We still have loads coming up before the season starts. We'll have another transfer roundup. And then, I'm so excited for this, the league table. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so wrong, but... We're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun while we do it. Definitely. And it'll be fun to laugh at ourselves in about a year's time. Absolutely. (laughs) Well then, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. As always, if you could follow us on Twitter, we are are the at the second tier on Twitter. If you could give us a review, a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Mm -hmm. subscribe, all that bollocks. If you could do that, (laughs) that would be great. And as always... Thank you for listening. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. We'll see you next time.